Welcome to the QKB Community Spotlight. Queensland Kettlebells is a friendly gym in East Brisbane practicing strength for life. Find a little bit more about what makes me tick today um, and why I do what I do. Um, over to you, Martin. Piers, thank you so much for having me as a guest presenter. Pleasure. It's, uh, I, you volunteered and I, uh, I was quite happy to say yes. Well, I just figured it was kind of... It was the right thing to do. You've been reaching out to other people and giving them an opportunity to share their experiences. So um, this is your thing. I'd like to hear about your experiences and how and why Queensland Kettlebells came to be and what makes you tick and other things. Yeah. Yeah, in general, I, um, I've discovered I, I, as much as I'm out front of people a lot of the time, I, I actually... You're not obviously out front, though that's one of your ninja skills yeah I, I do prefer to blend in in general um, it was one of the things I recently finished up a teaching role at a primary school and it's one of the things that, that was noted is that in general I uh, I tend to just just fade into into the background wherever possible well you kind of have a a wonderful ability to shape guide and direct without being obvious about it well, that's that's pretty cool thank you oh that's a pleasure thank you so, um, there are some questions that people have put up for me to ask you. So, Brent wanted to know, you, he wants an origin story, how the peers, in quotation marks, came to be who he is, which um, is kind of what I wanted to know as well. Mm. So, how did you get into fitness training? What led it to you, uh, What led you to it? And how did all those threads sort of tie together to become Queensland Kettlebells? Um, I So for me, it was kind of almost accidental that I got into fitness training. My, uh, my undergraduate degree is in theology. Um, can, and Can I ask you, what made you choose that? That was... Uh, so I started off studying uh, science. So I, I did a year of a science degree... Right and um, and I was doing about an hour and a half of a twenty four hour contact week, which made made it quite and that that hour and a half was graded, so it was it was something that was pretty unwise to miss. But uh, I, the way they'd structured the course, I uh, this is a digression, but I'm going to digress. Excellent. Um, the way they'd structured the course was they had three one hour lectures for for all of the sciences that were spread across three days. So if you were doing chemistry 1012 or whatever it was at the time you would have to go in Monday, Wednesday, Friday for an hour um, as well as your prac so it was four days the second you committed to a chemistry to, to a science sorry yep. and, um, and at that stage anything that happened at 8 o'clock I pretty well wrote off as not being a, <laughs> a reasonable expectation I think that's most people in first year university yeah and um, and I kind of went well. If I'm not going to one of those lectures, I might as well not bother with the other two. Um, yeah, that's logical. Yeah, and so I pretty well just uh, went ahead and skipped all of my lectures at uni if they weren't graded, which meant that I was trying to teach myself chemistry in about four hours the day of or before the exam. Um, 
Which meant that while well, I managed to pass the subjects, no one was seeing any praises about the grades that I was getting. But kudos for passing on such little work. Uh, I, uh, in retrospect, you know what, even if I'd sp- spread those four hours out across four weeks, I would have gotten much more out of it than what I did. Uh, my organic chemistry is not that strong these days, and I think it's partially because I never did it justice in, uh, in learning it at any point. Yep, that's fair. Um, so that was kind of where I kicked things off from and then I was doing that and decided that I'd come back to it after a year um, because obviously I wasn't doing uni the way I, I wanted to I wasn't wasn't really learning a lot I was just uh, just kind of rolling through adequately um, and so I did a year of what was called a cert for in Christian ministry where basically we, uh, we learnt about our faith and how to put rubber to the road and we went and visited Normanton, which is an Aboriginal community in, in the north of Queensland and basically lived in that community for a week or two, and, uh, probably a week I, I think, and just kind of got an understanding for what life was like for one of the four Indigenous tribes that had been jammed into this, this one township and, uh, and some, some uh, sympathy for, for life up there and then um, alongside that, we went and visited Sydney and uh, and spent a week working with organisations that worked with homeless people and spending a night on the street with the homeless people. Um, and, again, getting sympathy for, for how people find themselves in those sorts of situations. And I guess I got to the end of that and kind of went, oh, you know what, I think I, think I want to spend a little more time understanding the whys and hows of my faith because you know as like a 19 year old or or whatever I was at the time um, I really had a fairly superficial understanding of why I believe what I believe and if I should believe what I believed Um, and so spending three years having my worldview deconstructed and then because the way they do the the theological course that I, I did was essentially they kind of go, all right, this is, this is, these are the things you've been told. Why do you believe it? Um, you're going to have to come up with some sort of rationalization or justification for what you're doing. And if you can't, maybe you should consider reconsidering. Um, so it was, uh, it was a fairly intense few years. Um, and one of the formative pieces for me in that was, uh, we, we had to sit down with a group of people and tell our story and you know being all of six and a half months old at that point my story was fairly short and fairly pleasant um but being there with people who were you know 30 40 60 70 telling their stories I um I quickly realized that my life had been very fortunate and uh, and that that was likely not to always be the case and um and to be very grateful for for the run that I'd had thus far, and so that that really heavily shaped the way that I I viewed the world, and um, and gave me a lot of gratitude for a lot of things. Um, so a lot of the community aspect of 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 what we do is built out of that that um, recognition that I'm very fortunate. I've I've had a great run, um, and uh, and I feel like feel like uh you know 
there's a lot of people who, who aren't necessarily in that same space and, and having somewhere where people can can work physical towards physical and emotional health is, is a really important thing to have. Um, so that's that's why the community's built the way it's built. I found myself training people because I was helping out a, a mate who uh, was looking to start something over at Milton um, and he started started uh, running some kettlebell classes in CrossFit Milton at Fortuna Workout Centre and um, and so I helped him to structure what he was doing um, and put some put the fee structure in around things and, and did a lot of the programming for that um, and as time went along we um, we worked on that together but shifting it towards it becoming his business um, and then as uh, eventually he we shifted out of Fortuna and uh, and into another gentleman's home um, and ran things there for a little while and and uh, and Bill was extremely generous through that that phase and essentially hosted the class for for nothing oh, right. um, or or for for membership. So it was, you know, we we rode for a long time on Bill's goodwill there, and um, and so I largely uh, started stepping back at that time because I was living in Daisy Hill. Yep. And uh, and travelling to. <laughs> to Ashgrove yeah that's not a short distance no and um, and it was was the goal was to, to put uh, Alan into the business full time that was that was where we were heading okay um, and uh, and we were looking at spaces and we looked at a space in the Gabba and I had a chat to Alan and said look if you don't end up taking this space I think I'll I'll end up doing this and I'll end up doing something on the south side of the river and um, and so went a couple of weeks and Alan eventually said to 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 take it um and uh, and so I did and then something happened and Alan stopped running classes in Ashgrove at all um and there was a bit of, bit of drama around that and kind of people filtered across to the Gabba and so it's kind of a, a crap way for things to start in that respect but um, we we ended up having a community in, in Woolongabba and starting off there um, so we were in the Gabba for a little while and, and Bill Matt Aldis and, and Nick Colley were, were really helpful in in putting together a lot of the a lot of the physical work attached to that um, and so a lot of this stuff is just built on the backs of people who have been really generous with their, their time and and effort um, so yeah Nick actually was the one who, who kept on harassing me and saying look when are you going to take this space in the Gabba and I was like man I don't think Rachel wants me to take on a financial <laughs> risk attached to this business um, I can imagine Nick doing that yeah Nick was very diligent in, uh, in ensuring that it was at the forefront of my mind um, he would call every week or so and just kind of go hey, hey have you, you thought about it anymore and um at this point, I was working in chaplaincy and and doing the training thing on the side, and uh, eventually, um, he convinced me, and then I convinced Rachel, and uh, and that was that was the genesis of the uh, the the community, I guess. That's a that's a really good thing. Mm. So the decision to have a community based 
training. I don't, know, I don't, I don't like to call it a gym because mm. for me, gyms are horrible places that I don't want to go to. They're full of mirrors and loud music and what you have at Queensland Kettlebells is none of that. Mm. Um, what do you call it? I usually call it the gym. I, if, I, I often struggle to explain what it is to people. It, it's, it is a training community. Um, we have diverse goals, but I think for the most part it revolves around um, being able to do what we want to do for as long as we possibly can, as well as we possibly can. Yep. Um, so I guess it is a, a a diverse training community that that meets at a regular time and around fairly similar sort of bad sense of humour. <laughs> Thankfully, yes. <laughs> That's um, always a good thing. But the decision to keep it um, like a community or group-based training thing that's been very deliberate from the start? Uh, so I initially um, was doing a bit of personal training, but I ended up shifting away from it largely because I was writing a program for someone um, and then holding their hand three times a week to do something that I wrote uh, you know, six, 12 weeks ago. Um, and you know what I don't have the patience to to do that and people weren't getting good value for money from that okay. um, you know that we have to value our time at a certain level um, and I don't didn't feel like even though that the outcomes were there I didn't feel like the value of doing personal training was commensurate to the cost on top of the group training model right particularly the way we run the group training model like it's because we're not you know i'm not in spandex up the front um doing doing things along with people like people are very much getting an individual focus even within a a group setting yep um you know it just we just had a posty <laughs> drive through the park um yeah, it, it just makes more sense for people to to be a part of the group environment, if at all possible. You know, there's studies out there that say that people are five times more likely yep. to hit a goal if they do it with a group of like-minded people. Yep. Um, so, not only was PT boring a lot of the time, uh-huh. um, it, was, it was just not as effective for the vast majority of people. And no spandex. No spandex. The one one form of PT that I still do for people who are quite motivated, um, and it's you know for a handful of people, is I'll meet with them once a week. I'll program everything for them, and then they are expected to do however many other days they need to do um, in order to to get their their targets hit. Um, and at that point, that that one session allows me to moderate things and. And, uh, and pull people in the right direction without necessarily having to hold their hand like they're four-year-olds and, and, and an idiot. That is completely fair enough. Mm. And do you pick those clients um, due to their personality type or will you take on anyone? Oh, I won't take on anyone. Good. Um, it, it's kind of one of those things, if, if someone doesn't do the work then they disqualify themselves pretty quickly because yep. I don't want people wasting money or t- 
to waste time. Yep. Um, you know, if 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 the person's a jerk, m- maybe I'll still t- work with them, but it'll be more so that I don't have to introduce someone who is unpleasant into the general community environment. I may just refer them out somewhere else where I know they don't care. Yep. Um, but in general, it's someone who can't hit regular group times or who doesn't enjoy a group setting, who wants to hit a specific goal or, um, you know, one of a great, great couple that I, I work with on a regular basis and have with a few years. It just works for their lifestyle to have someone come to their home and and design things for them. Um, so they, it's just, they've got that one point of accountability and then they're fantastic at doing one or two sessions on their own through the week. And so they, it just, just suits them. Good. And they're, they're really likable. And that works for you as well. That works for me, yeah. It's got to be a good thing. I was, mm. strangely, well, not strangely enough, it was something that we joked about earlier this week is like, you know, the training space is pretty much an idiot-free zone. They still yeah. let twits like me in, but um, <laughs> it doesn't seem to attract people that are there for appearance sake or they want to beat their chest a lot. That kind of mentality that can pretty much be associated with gyms yeah I mean it's it's not that we don't have people there who are concerned about aesthetics but it's for most people they realise pretty quickly that that's not the main reason we're there yeah and if that's not something that resonates with you then you, you just you just find somewhere that does and that's that's perfect like mm. you want you want people that fit your community in your community and you don't want people who are going to feel out of place um, or feel like they're constantly going against the grain because that's that's not pleasant for anyone. Correct. Um, so it's you know kind of the the induction process, the intake process is kind of designed to find those long, lifelong learners who are hiding out there in the community who want to to be a part of a group who are who are interested in the same things. Hmm. I agree. Hmm. It's very comfortable to come there and train. Mm. which is super important for someone like me. Mm. Um, you mentioned the Gabba before, so where we train now, is that a different location to where it started out? <laughs> yeah, so we've been in East Brisbane for almost three years now, um, but we were in the Gabba for about a year and a half prior to that. Um, and so that was uh, the, the most recognisable landmark, because if you're driving down, down Str- Stanley Street... You'll have the Gabber on your right and Dan Murphy's on your left. Yep. If you turn the street before Dan Murphy's, we were at the end of the end of that road, Lotus oh, okay. Street. Yep. So, yeah. yeah. What made you move? Bigger space. Fair um, enough. And I took umbrage at uh, at some of the choices that my landlord was making along the way. <laughs> that never happens. Yeah. Um, well, I think we've pretty much covered the backstory to Queensland kettlebells and your history with training and everything else um, there's two other questions that have been posed uh, Stefan wanted to know uh, when will you finally let him refer to the gym as the box uh, yeah look I, I looked at responding to that on the uh, the Facebook group last night um, <laughs> but uh, there were just so many ways that I could go with that and uh, and many of them weren't appropriate I thought the winky face at the end of his um, question pretty much set the tone for the question. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, 
I'm I'm going to largely leave that one unanswered for Stefan, but I, it won't be soon. Uh, sorry, Stefan, for calling you Stefan. <laughs> um, and Nick Torby wants to ask, have you ever done a swing in your life? I've never seen it happen. <laughs> um, in all honesty, <laughs> I, I could improve my my uh, power output greatly by swinging a little more often than I do. I prefer the slow lifts to the uh, to the quick lifts. Um, but yes, I have swung previously in my life. Just a couple. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, well, what are you working towards with your fitness or strength training goals? Uh, I'm currently working towards the uh, towards the Beast Tamer, which is a 48 kilo uh, pistol pull up and press. Ouch. Um, yeah, and I'm I'm hopeful that we'll be there for November. Okay. Um, alongside that, I'm dipping my toe into the world of jiu-jitsu. Yep. Um, and is that alongside your Tong Long training? That is alongside Tong Long. Good grief. So I, Tong Long is absolutely still my main priority in terms of, um, in terms of martial arts. Mm-hmm. Um, but I appreciate the, appreciate the intricacies of Jiu Jitsu and, and there's obviously a lot of thought that's gone into the, the whole art there. Um, plus if I don't do Jiu Jitsu, or if I don't practice jiu-jitsu, very soon my wife is going to be able to choke me out from pretty much any angle. And so that's uh, that's not something... Rachel's training jiu-jitsu? Rachel is extremely enthusiastic about jiu-jitsu. I, <laughs> I got... Um, I got given... Sent, she sent me a gif. A gif? A, she sent me a meme earlier in the week of uh, Cinderella or Sleeping Beauty or some, someone like that. I think it was Cinderella, and she'd opened a present, and she, uh, she, in a less delicate term, she says, "What is this? This feces? Um, I wanted a gi, um, which I uh, I found a, a gentle reminder that Rachel's birthday is coming up, and she's asked for a gi because she's getting very intensely keen on jujitsu. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, what's the last thing you read? Yeah, um, the last book I completed was Michael Jordan's autobiography, um, which is pretty cool. Um, I'm in the middle of reading a book by I, I think his name is Leo Batista, uh, which is The Power of Less, which is pretty cool. That name rings a bell. Is that something that's come up on Tim Ferriss podcast or? I think I was redoing the precision nutrition curriculum and they recommended it at the start of that and that's how I ended up back with it. Okay. Um, the other book I'm reading at the moment is um, Daniel Kahneman's uh, Thinking or Think Fast and Slow. Or Thinking Fast. Thinking Fast and Slow. I've heard of that. Yeah, and that's pretty cool. That's talking about how we have um, multiple ways of of processing information one is kind of a, a I, I he hasn't said it but it's i'm pr- pretty sure it's like your limbic system where you automatically respond to things and you yep. you have your your sort of uh gut response have you read uh, malcolm gladwell's blink i have yeah similar to that similar yeah um i think uh the chimp paradox is probably another book that talks about it a little bit and he talks in the chimp paradox he talks about how we have this chimp which is our limbic brain and we have our computer which is our higher order processing 
and typically the speed at which the chimp responds is much quicker than the higher order processing um, but yeah so look it basically talks about that sort of relationship and how we we respond automatically to things um, and how that impacts the way we relate to the world okay um, the power of less is about uh, simplifying everything which is also really good yeah, I can agree with that mm. can I ask you one more question sure you seem to have a lot of balls in the air mm. um, you seem to maintain a wonderful composure throughout it all how do you do that uh, Rachel is excellent Rachel Rachel takes a lot of slack at home um, well more than her fair share which allows me to, to do those things as well um, but as much as anything I just know what I can drop so if if uh, if I have a week where I am tired and I, I'm, I'm ruined at the gym uh, ruined in terms of my my energy obviously the the gym is is the ball that needs to stay in the air in terms of of business but I've got great people around who are very generous and who'll take classes for me Nikki's in there yep. most Tuesdays and Wednesdays and does a great job Matt still pops in and, and will take care of a class for us if we need it um, you know Barna did an incredible job on the mornings while I was away yeah he did um, you know as much as anything I've got great people around that mean that if it extends beyond what I can do then awesome people step in and, and, and carry the load. So it's, it's still very much the community that, that makes it a manageable task. Um, you know, the, the Tong Long and the Jiu-Jitsu, I only got to Jiu-Jitsu for the first time in months um, after being away for a little bit on Monday last week. Um, and... You know, it's kind of, it's super cool. Actually, Art Suave, or Art Suave, I don't know how to say it, but um, but it's on Wellington Road, and if you're interested in learning Jiu-Jitsu, Emanuela has created an incredible community over there. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's such a safe environment. No one's there trying to tear your head off. So, honestly, if you are interested in, in Jiu-Jitsu, I could not recommend them more highly turns out we've picked somewhere near the saw oh, it was an angle grinder or something yeah. happening um so yeah but i just know which balls i can drop and i've got great people around to help take up the slack i'd say that's a good reflection on you thank you thank you very much i don't think i've got anything else i'd like to ask there's probably a bunch of questions i should ask but i can't think <laughs> of them at the moment so i'm going to say thank you very much for your time Thanks for, for doing this for us, Martin. It's and, been an uh, absolute pleasure. I'll, uh, I'll catch up with you soon. You will. I'll see you next week. <laughs> uh, thank you very much. That's the QKB Community Spotlight, and, uh, and I'm sure we'll have another one soon. Thanks, Piers. Thanks, mate.